You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Welcome to 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. You've got uh, the best trainee in the world <laughs> in the chair at the moment, and luckily, uh, Hugh Best, and luckily for me, I've got the best wingman in the world, Pete Skelia, joining me. Good morning, Pete. How are you today? Oh, I'm well, Hugh, and how are you? You're, you're feeling like you're settling into the role a bit better now? Well, like you said, but yeah. off air, just take a breath. Yeah. yeah, take a breath. We'll be good. Yeah. No drama whatsoever. Well, we've got a big show today, as always. We will be shortly talking with Mike Ford, who is the Football Operations Manager at Wanneroo City. He's going to tell us all things that are going on up there. Uh, if it is a bit loud, he says he's going to be on the sideline there watching a, a game, which is good. We'll get some live score checks there. Following uh, Mike, we're going to have Glyn Shaw from Yanchip United. He is the head coach up there, and we will find out all things up there. And you were saying, Pete, that you believe they're possibly the second most northern club I think so. So obviously we've got Lafayama up in Geraldton, mm-hmm. but I can't think of anywhere else, you know, geographically as far north as Yanchip. Yep. No, I've so. I've refereed up there and <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a <laughs> it's a packed lunch and, yeah. a, and a thermos. There's no two ways about there, yeah. that. <laughs> uh, after that, we've got uh, Tommy Dolman coming on. He's going to tell us all things about uh, NPL and uh, what's happening in that space. And lastly, we'll. we'll talk to Abid Iman, who is the lead club development officer at Football West. And he's going to talk to us about all things there, uh, club development, um, walking football, which is uh, one that I um, and Sean Kelly uh, have a, a bit of an interest in there. Yep. Um, some uh, inclusion issues, that sort of thing. Pete, we were talking about the World Cup draw that happened uh, yesterday and uh, some of the more interesting groups that uh, have come out of that that particular draw. Yeah, that's right. So there's been a... Um 
Obviously, as we know, the World Cup draw has taken place, even though there's still three uh, three berths yep. up for grabs. Yeah, and one of those berths uh, is still in doubt because we've got Scotland yet to play Ukraine. Yep. We need a result there, whichever way FIFA want to work that one. And I, I believe it, it's scheduled for uh, early June. I don't believe there's any question of it being played. It's just been delayed, obviously, thanks yeah, to... Yeah, well, well, for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and that's a funny one because all three teams in the running there, Scotland, Wales and Ukraine, for different reasons, I'd like to see any of them at the World Cup. Oh, exactly right. So yeah, yeah. that's all brilliant. Uh, the other one up for grabs is New Zealand versus Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think New Zealand's got a bit more of a chance than they had against Peru in the last sort of two double-legged playoff they had for the last World Cup. Yeah. And then speaking of Peru, Australia, as we know, we have... It's a one-off game in Doha, so they're using the World Cup stadiums sort of for the last set of qualifying. Mm. Uh, we have to defeat the UAE, play and defeat the UAE. Yep. Assuming we do that, or if we do that, we then a week later play Peru for the final berth. Yeah, and we've um, yeah when we had had the World Cup qualifiers uh, uh, at the start of the the process, I mentioned on this show that we were in a good position that we were actually playing World Cup qualifiers in the World Cup venue yeah. under World Cup conditions. So one would like to hope that um, Peru coming down from uh, from the Andes yep. might struggle with all that oxygen. Oh, well, <laughs> let's hope that and not that it turns it into superhuman. Uh, obviously, that's that's also you still need to – we still need to get past UAE and not let's not – um, you know, be too overly oh. cocky going into that one because no, no. it's nothing says Australia more than you know stuffing up the easy games, so to speak. <laughs> um, and and the other thing is with the group as well. Sort of before we get on, it's just interesting with the group. Last uh, World Cup we had Denmark, yeah, France, and Peru in our yeah. group. This year we have to get past Peru, and if we do, we'll be in a group with Denmark and France again, as well as Tunisia yeah. this time. So yeah. interesting, uh, sort of the way the groups do tend to repeat themselves at times. There has been times in the past, I remember, where there was a a group, I think three teams the same over subsequent World Cups. Yeah, that's yeah. No, you've you've got better knowledge than me, Pete. There's no way I'm going to uh, going to question that. Oh, and and the other thing, obviously, playing Peru in um, Qatar as well means we won't have the disadvantage that the Kiwis had when they played the double-legged World Cup against Peru to qualify for the last World Cup. Yeah. Finished nil all in Wellington or or Auckland. I can't remember where, but in New Zealand. Then they went over to Lima to play, and while the Kiwis were trying to do you know their pre-match preparations and their training in the week leading up, the Peruvian Air Force was running you know <laughs> low low flying drill over their training <laughs> sessions. Luckily, because we're in Doha, we're playing in Qatar, that shouldn't be an issue. I dare say if there is military planes flying overhead at low speed, we've got bigger problems than a World Cup qualifier. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on, Pete. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing let's, there? Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Exactly right. And we'll go over the other groups later on in the Yeah, program. we sure yeah. will, yeah, because uh, this, you know, fingers crossed, uh, there's likely to be a chance there where um, you're... Your friendly trainee might uh, press the wrong button at the wrong time, and things will go. Oh, this, Pete! This <laughs> B, group B looks fast. I'm sort of looking at it just thinking that's that's a great group for a number of reasons. So, what? Which one was that one? Group was B. That, so we've got that, England, Iran, and the United States. That's right. That's so. right. Oh, well, and now um, if we go back to uh, France '98, um, Iran and I, the Iran US and played the US there. Played. And I was, do that remember that, that was an interesting one. Mm. In that uh, Iran won two one. And I do remember the interviews with the players, the Iranian players afterwards, were almost your standard footballing fair. You know, well played to our opponents. We felt we, you know, we were the better team, marginally better outplayed them. But the uh, the press releases from the Iranian government was along the lines of, 
you know, the great Satan has been giving, given a <laughs> embarrassed in front of the world by the heroic warriors of this. And it's like, come on, Iran, you didn't even get out of the group phase. You beat the USA. <laughs> Almost as good as North Korea beating Portugal 7-1. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun as well. Mm. All right, well, I've um, got in touch with Mike. He's gonna, uh, ready for our, our chat. I'm just going to uh, play some um, sponsorship announcements and we will be... Uh, back with Mike in just a few moments. Stick with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program, 107.9 Radio Fremantle. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.9 Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth-generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport at all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au 107.9 FM, your local station. And welcome back to the World Football Programme on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. Pete, what did I forget to do? Uh, go through the sponsors and, yep. and give them all a, a thanking. So um, World Football Program would like to thank our partners, Futsal WA and Greg Farrell. Greg joins us regularly to talk he futsal sure does. and register your team with them in the F- Superliga. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for fence and gate components and automation to upgrade and protect your property. Brilliant. Now... This is where it gets uh, <laughs> panicky for me. Mike, good morning. How are you today? Yeah, good morning. You really good. Oh, my God. Oh, it's good. That's brilliant. That, that, uh, that's got me one for one. Um, that's sensational. Mike, what can you tell us about your role as Football Operations Manager at Wanneroo City? Yeah, uh, so my role here is to uh, sort of help both the eight teams, reserves, and the first team, uh, both with operational sort of duties, uh, coaching duties, uh, looking for opportunities with players, uh, 
also looking for opportunities of the eight teams being pushed through to the first team. Yep. Uh, so we have sort of like a scholarship where, uh, if you like, on every match day, we select two of the eight teams that we feel have sort of uh, getting to a level where they need sort of that little bit extra. We promote them and let them go and train with the first team on a Tuesday night, uh, helping promote uh, the youth through the uh, through the club, yep. uh, and, the, and the opportunity, hopefully through the season, to probably either get on the bench and maybe even get on the field. Uh, I think we we all know that back in Premier League, I think Wayne Rooney was 16. I don't think he was actually 17 when he got to play for Everton. No, that's right. And there should be no reason why that should be able to be done here. Um, we seem to have this philosophy of unless you're 18, 19, 20 or 21, there's no way you can do the first team. And it's really down to skill. And One of the things I uh, I try and put uh, our 18-year-old know, yep. I ask him how tall is the uh, what's considered to be the best player in the world? And he's, uh, as we know, Lionel Messi, he's 5 foot 6. <laughs> playing against the best players in the world. And so height and uh, Physicality has nothing to do with football. You know, it's all about skill, understanding the game, making the right decisions. So if you're 17 and 18 and you're at that level, then you should be up there. You know. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, no, you get no argument from us about that one. I think I think one of the, yeah. the the phrases Sean often uses is if you're good enough, you're old enough. So, oh yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. So you've got um, the, the development happening there. So your under twenties must be fairly strong then. Uh, well, our reserve team is not under 20. So with our reserve team, at the age, there's no age uh, sort of limit. Yep. Um, unlike the, you know, the MPL, which is... I, I was there last year at the Armadale Reserve under 20. And so for many years now, we've, we went from the under 23s to the under 20s. Yep. And, and it's proved an absolute dismal failure. <laughs> yeah. yet, yet we continue with it. And this is the frustration about football, I think, in WN maybe other places as well, is when you can see things are not working and not producing what you're, you're trying to do, yet we continue doing it. And it's just very frustrating. The level of young players coming through, just from that one decision, we've just lost so many players who, you know, uh, after they get past the age of 20, not quite good enough yet or have reached mm-hmm. that yeah. sort of age of the first team, and they go off and go and do something else or don't yep. play something else. So we lose a whole lot of good players simply because we've got that ridiculous rule that we continue to go with. Yeah, yeah, and that's the the, the old definition of madness, isn't it? To can you continue yeah. to do the same thing and expect different results? Yeah. You know, if yeah. it, like you say, if it's not working, then we need to revisit. Do you have an idea on how that can be fixed? Do you, do you think going back to the under twenty threes or making it a, an open reserve competition? Look, I, I actually think going back to the under twenty threes. I think. Making it an open decision probably keeps older players in the game in that level too long. Mm-hmm. But I think actually uh, going to the under-23, so you've got a five-year difference then yeah. Between, yeah. between the 18s and the 23s. And that's enough for people to stay in the game, develop, and hopefully push into the first team from there. But as I say, unfortunately, we, we aren't giving our players that opportunity. Right. Now, Mike... Uh, 
I noticed you've got uh, the home game this afternoon against Balga. That's still going ahead. I, I asked that with a, with a bit of a smile on my face because there's a few uh, postponements that have happening uh, the last couple of rounds. That, mm. That's still 100%? Yeah, I believe so. All three games will be going ahead. There's been no uh, sort of information or anything come through to say other than that. So we're looking forward to three really good games. And um, just for the uh, the punters out there, um, any entry requirements that need to be met for the current uh, considerations that the state government has given us? Uh, no, I think uh, they're allowing spectators to come out in the open air and enjoy some fresh air and some healthy uh, environment instead of being stuck at home with masks and not doing anything. So yep. uh, common sense has prevailed there. I mean, when people come and watch a game and they're out in the open with fresh air, I think their chances of getting Omicron is like... <laughs> winning the lottery. <laughs> great, great. I don't know if you people have won the lottery then. <laughs> I had a lady at work who won the lottery just last week. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That, that's funny. So with uh, Balga being your, your opponents, uh, just down the road, is there um, a history of a local rivalry or friendly rivalry of, of any sort? Look, I think north of the river, there's so many clubs down here with the, yeah. the Junilup teams and... Uh, uh, Balger and, uh, you know, I think uh, every game down north of the river is classified as a bit of a, a local derby, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, be, being from south of the river, I have to say, it, it does seem like it's <laughs> very top-heavy, you know? <laughs> no, and uh, as a referee, uh, there was uh, times there where I had to definitely recheck my uh, my allocations because it would say Wanneroo. Uh, or, or the Kingsway Sport Area, and you go, which side of the road am I? <laughs> so, yeah, I would have imagined that the uh, the Olympic Kingsway being the across-the-road uh, rivals would be the the more fiercer derby of the uh, of the many northern ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, we are in very close proximity, and I'm sure there'll be some, uh, some enthusiasm in all three games, you know? Enthusiasm. I like that. Yep. I like the way you've put that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you had a... Oh, well... A 2-1 uh, defeat against Joondup City last week. Um, Jesse was pretty... Jesse Bridgman, uh, head coach at Wanneroo City, was fairly buoyant about the performance of the uh, of the team. What can you tell us about that particular game? Yeah, look, I mean, the team's uh, pre-season, uh, friendlies, the night series, performed really well, and we've got a really, really strong squad. Yeah. Um, you know, in the game situation, it's, it's very typical of football. When you're on top on the game, you have to. If you're, on, yeah, if you're on top of the game, you um, you need to score goals because you might have 80, 90 percent of the player. But if you don't score goals, then you're not going to win games. And I think that was just the situation in the first half. They could have quite easily gone in three 0 up, and instead they conceded a goal um, <clears throat> right on the uh, I think the last minute of the first half. <sighs> Which meant that, you know, Joondalup went in there with their heads up and their, you know, enthusiasm up. Yep. And, you know, when that happens, it's, you know, mentally, you know, physically players don't change, but mentally they do. And that's what changes the game. And when you've just scored a goal the last minute of the first half, when you're coming out, you're buzzing, you're ready to go, you know. And yeah. Not to say that our lads are not wanting to win and that, but say it just gives a bit of impetus and... I think, as I say, it was quite easily they could have come in three yards. And uh, when you're on top, you've just got to take your chances, as we've seen with all, you know, no matter what level you're playing at, Premier League, State League, whatever. 
Yeah, no, you, you're right. It sounds like me when I'm playing Sabidio. Like, there's, there's more than a few times where people go, are, are you just doing the goal, the, the goalpost challenge? Because the amount of times I've, I've gone, yep, I've done all, everything, everything right, I've got the shot on, and it still hasn't gone in the back of the net. And you yeah. think, what, what, what do you need? And to be honest, yeah. I think that's one of the things we love about football is that <laughs> obviously possession's important, but... If you can't use that possession, uh, you don't win. Yeah. And I think more than more than most other sports, if we compared to you know basketball or or AFL or or rugby, I think those are very strongly correlated. The more you've got the ball, the more likely you are to win. Whereas football, it's not that uncommon for a team to get forty percent possession and still you know hit one counter attack in yeah. the seventy in the seventy ninth minute, put it away and. You know, your position's going, well, what did yeah. we do with it? Well, I think there's a, there's a North Macedonian side that uh, <laughs> might have done that against, uh, I can't remember who it was now. Oh, some no-name yeah, team some that no hasn't been side. to the World Cup for a couple of Absolutely times. Absolutely anyway. battered and get, <laughs> and get a 1-0 win. Oh, it's so frustrating yeah. when it happens. Sorry, mate, yeah. continue. Uh, other times. Oh, yeah, just, just quickly, I've got to shoot now. I've just doing some up with the AT. Um, one thing I would like to say to the football community, it's, you know... It's about time our media here, you know, the West Australian, the Sunday Times and things like that, get behind a sport that is played by more people than any other sport, not yep. only just in this, but Australia. And we get nothing out of the West Australian, we get nothing out of the Sunday Times. And, you know, until we can get some promotional stuff through, uh, you know, through our NPL teams and our first and second state league teams, you know, we're always going to be looked at as just the extra sport yeah. instead of being one of the main sports and you know not I'm, I've been in Australia for 50 years love it watch the Eagles and all that but you know what footy is not a national an international game you're never going to win anything internationally it's, it's about oh. time Australia and Australians realise if they want to get on the international level with sport in a round ball game or a game with the ball like that football is the game and I think we, we all need to get on to our media people uh, to the Channel 7 and all those, and you know, get them to give us a representation of football. I, I 100% agree yeah. with you there, but I think one of the issues that we face is um, certainly with Channel 7 is they own the rights to the AFL. Um, they're not going to go out of their way too hard to to um, no, promote it, yeah. com- sports competing sure, against yeah. what they've spent a billion dollars buying the rights to. It's, yeah. it's, unfortunately, it's a sad Absolutely. fact of, of life. But, you, you know, you've got Channel 9, you've got Channel yep. 10. And and all their subsidiary and, and challenges I've, as well. I've liked I've liked what Channel Ten did at the start of the A League. Um, obviously, there's, there was a lot of promotion there, which was fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and I think also then when we also talk about newspapers, I I think I could be wrong on here. I think the ownership group for the West Australian and the Sunday Times still falls under the same group as Channel Seven. There's yeah, that's right. So, yeah, as yeah. Far as I know. so, so it's, it's all a little bit of an incestuous relationship mm. there at times. <laughs> Thought they were going to get more readership by doing it. I'm sure they'd uh, go out there way to do it. You know? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it would be remiss of me, and Penny would be giving me a good butt kicking if I don't <laughs> mention uh, your women's program. So you've got uh, that starting uh, next weekend, the tenth uh, against Woodvale. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Do you want to uh, give us? I'm really excited about that. And, uh, yep. You know, we're looking to be totally involved, as I say. Obviously, we've got, the, we've got our kids' football group, juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the men's, uh, we've got the masters, and we've got the ladies. So, you know, we're a very inclusive club. Okay. Brilliant. All right. I'm 
Guys, I've got to go. Yeah, no, we were saying that you, you, you're you rather busy and that, and yep. we do appreciate your time uh, for uh, us on this show, the World Football Program. Mike, many thanks. Uh, enjoy your day. I know it's going to be a busy one up there. Um, <laughs> no worries. Okay. Thank, thank you very much for your thanks, time. Mike. Good on no you. Ta-da. Mike Ford there, the Football Operations Manager from Wanneroo City with some of the uh, great things that they're doing up there. I've gone onto their um, Facebook page, which is you know, one, of the, one of the fun things you can do, yep. and they've got a uh, Wanneroo News update that they put out every week. And five fascinating football facts. That's a good alliteration. Got to love that. Got to love love that. From, and there's another one. I threw that one in myself. (laughs) (laughs) So five fascinating football facts from Wanneroo City. Uh, Can you name the two players who have scored Premier League penalties with both feet? No, you can't. No. Bobby Zamora and Obafemi Martins. Yep, there you go. There you go. I was going to say, it's quite... Gutsy to use your wrong foot in a penalty. Ooh, I mean, un- unless the team's already up 4-0 yeah, yeah. or something, yeah. you know. Now, this one had me stumped as well. Which player has been substituted more times than any other player in the history of the Premier League? I'll give you a clue. He's a Manchester United absolute goddamn legend. 134 times he's been substituted in his career in the Premier League. It's Ryan Giggs. Oh, really? Who takes Giggsy off? <laughs> Turn it up. Well, the coach, obviously. (laughs) And fact number three, former England goalkeeper Paul Robinson has scored, assisted, and won a penalty in the Premier League. He also has more Premier League assists than any other goalkeeper in the history of the Premier League. Five. Nice. That's not bad, is it? Well, it's that just from a long bomb clearance out out up to the front line for the striker to run onto and... Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Go well, that, that's how he scored. Yeah, yeah. If, if you can see that one on the YouTube. You just give it the big welly, bit of a wind assist. Yeah. It's bounced. The kid's gone, you got that. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't. Oh, yes, I haven't. <laughs> Arsene Wenger has an asteroid named after him. <laughs> Actually, I think I knew that, yeah. Did you know that? I, I knew that. Know well, that. well, now that you say that, it, it, ring, it does ring a bell. Here's a good one. For all you Scots out there, and we still hope Scotland can get through in the, uh, in the World Cup uh, yep. Intercontinental Qualifier. Barcelona, the might of Barcelona, have never won a game against which Scottish side? And Barcelona have played this Scottish side four times in European competitions and have never beaten them. And it's not Aussie Ange's Celtic. Oh, well, I guess the obvious guess would have to be Rangers then. No, 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 no. European competitions, mate. You know, oh. you've got to qualify first. Oh, Come sorry, on. Well. Sorry, all you blue, no, sorry, all you <laughs> Rangers fans out there, but yeah, you know, you've got to qualify for Europe first. Four times they've played Barcelona. Queen of the South. Oh, it's a good guess. No. <laughs> I don't think it was a good guess either. <laughs> it is, in fact, Dundee United. Oh, wow. Dundee United. And that was another one that, uh, that the rivalry they have there, a bit like uh, Wanneroo City and Kingsway Olympic. Dundee and Dundee United are literally separated by a, uh, a, a, a what is it, a, a, a crossroad? Yep. Yep, a, a four-way crossroad. So <laughs> each club gets changed in their own club room, walks across the road yep. and plays. That's <laughs> not bad. Sorry, mate, can't come in in those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> while, while we're uh, on uh, on Wanneroo, and we Go. may as well run through the, the second division Good results man. from last week. So it was the uh, first round of competition. Uh, Ashfield and Gosnell City played out a nil-all draw. Curtin Uni welcomed Southwest Phoenix for their long road trip up there and then sent them home 
with their tails Ooh. behind the, between careful, their legs with a 5-1 whomping. Uh, whomping. Karamar, Shamrock Rovers also banged five goals in against Canning City. Canning getting two in response. Uh, Swan United and Kingsley Westside had a two-all draw. As as discussed, uh, Wanneroo City, the only home team not to come away with a win, uh, not to win. In fact, only home team to lose, I should say. Uh, <laughs> 2-1 against Joondalup City. And Morley Windmills, 5-0 over Belga SC as well. So coming up this week, or coming up today in the second division, Southwest Phoenix are at home to Ashfield. Kingsley Westside are at home against Canning City. Joondalup City are travelling to Karamar Shamrock Rovers. Wanneroo City, as as mentioned, are hosting Belga SC. So they get two home games in a row to start the season. That's nice. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? Morley Windmills hosting Curtin uh, University and Gosnell City at home against Swan United. So early days there in the uh, second division. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, Early days for all uh, all teams in all divisions, except for the women who start next, next week. Next week, yes. So... Thanks for that, Pete. Uh, We're going to go to a uh, quick sponsorship break. And after the break, we will have Glyn Shaw, the head coach of Yanship United, if I press the right buttons in the right order. And and that's not always (laughs) guaranteed. You've you've proven proven it now. Don't boom him up too quick, mate. Don't (laughs) boom him up too quick. So stick with us. You're on the World Football Program 107.9 Radio Fremantle with Pete and Huey. Radio, Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Get up, you good-for-nothing lazy. Morning, beautiful. Oh, didn't you forget something? You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoe, Pete Skeeler, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Program. Going out on the pitch with your friends is always an amazing feeling. I train a fair bit, but when you're doing it with your teammates, it's a lot more fun. Having that camaraderie brings out the best in everyone, knowing that you're working together to achieve something. And you know that you have faith in your teammates because you guys are so strongly bonded together. You're just playing with friends, enjoying the game, having a laugh. You can't beat it. Have fun, make friends, keep active, play football. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. 
And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Pete, you've done some digging. You've got a stat for me. Go on. Well, quiz question. Well, a quiz question was which, which club's been to the FIFA Club World Championship more than any other? Perth Glory. No. Uh, oh, I'm going to... Is it a Brazilian club? No. Oh, my goodness. I was going to go Santos. Uh, okay. I'm going to... Auckland City. Oh, well done. Yes, that is it. Oh, <laughs> bang, get in there. <laughs> yes, uh, nine appearances at the Club World Cup. Santos has only been there once, so yeah. Auckland's obviously better than Oh, Santos. so, uh, and Auckland City have won it all nine times, obviously. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm that's uh, why uh, I had to question it. As if you're living in North there. Korea, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the line now, we have um, Glyn Shaw, the head coach at Yanship City. Good morning, Glyn. Yeah, good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Did you know that, Auckland City? <laughs> No, no, because they qualify through the uh, Oceania uh, Football Conference tournament. Yeah, um, so they get, they get so, through relatively easily, yeah, whereas, yeah. you know, you don't have to win the champ- European Champions yeah. League or anything to get so, there. You, yeah, so it's the Champions League, the Copa Libertadores, the uh, the Confederation of African Football uh, Club Championship. I, I think we just call, I just call it yeah. Champions League from each continent. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Glenn, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. No trouble whatsoever. Glenn, can you tell us your journey, uh, your football journey? We don't need the, 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 <laughs> the, the, some of the, the, the more uh, details, but the, your football journey that got you to become head coach at Yanship United, please. I started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, well, I was involved in a car accident when I was 15 and Ooh. it stopped me from playing. And then basically I got involved in coaching. Yep. Um, I started at 15, coaching on the sixes, on the sevens, down at Kingsway. Okay. Yep. And then it just basically built from there. I went to all different levels. Um, and that, and then I ended up going back over to the UK for nine years, where I coached semi-pro in the UK. Who, who did you but coach over there, Glenn? I was at uh, Shepton Mallet, Shard Town, uh, helped out with Taunton Town. Um, it was like level four, semi-pro. Um, before I went over there to 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 England, I was um, with Dinella White Eagles. Right. I was also with well, man's gone blank. Shamrock Rovers. Yes. Bal Balga. So various different clubs. Yeah. And now, basically, when I came back, um, I was under an iron if to get back into it. Yes. And um, I, I spent one season with North Beach, and I absolutely loved it. And um, but I wanted to be a bit closer because I live in Clarkson. Oh, okay. Um, so I wanted to be a bit closer to um, to home, um, and so basically the, the job came up at Yanship, and I thought, oh, should I, shall I? And I just put my name forward, and here I am, sort of thing. So in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were discussing that uh, um, previously. So Pete and I had a, a, a quick thought process. Is Yanship the second northernest club in state league football, because we're thinking that Lafayama is in Jero, the the, yeah. the furthest. Is Janship the, the the next one? There's no one further north than you, is there? I, I would say so. Yeah, yeah definitely. Lafayama's all like our local derby, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good work. That yeah, that's funny stuff. Well done. <laughs> uh, we've actually got them in about three or four weeks, so it's going to be interesting sort of thing. So it's good. Yeah, we, we've been down. We went down there last year for preseason and an absolute had a really good time. So. Yeah. Um, we've, got, we've actually got promoted from last year, so now we've got them. 
um, in Division Three sort of thing, you know. Yeah, now we were uh, talking about that one off air, Pete and I. We we do a bit of research, surprisingly enough. You wouldn't know <laughs> it by listening to us, but we actually do. Now we we guesstimated that your season last year, the average score home and away was four two. I mean that that's a, was that right? Well. Oh, wow. You scored over yeah, well, was, nearly 90 goals. Yeah, and, and 86 scored and 40 conceded. Yeah. So. Wow. I wasn't very happy the way we did <laughs> so, so we're looking for a, uh, a six-foot-five centre-back that just kicks everybody or, or no? <laughs> no, I was... I believe a big point. My big thing is defend from the front. And, you know, we've got... I had a very, very good side last year. I've got to be honest. It's the first time back in time with your football from the yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. And... I had a really good side. I mean, it was a bit scary to start off with because beginning of the pre-season, we had like 11 players for two teams. Wow. And like, oh my God, what, what are we going to do? Yeah. But eventually, eventually we picked enough players up and we went on and won the league. And it was, you know, the first game, I think we won like 13 nil. Um, wow. Which helped, which, helped build, which helped build the season sort of thing, you know. It's always yeah. a good start to a season, isn't it? That builds confidence from, uh, from everybody. Oh, it does. It was, Belief, yeah, because um, we had we had a really bad preseason. It was like we won one game in preseason, <laughs> oh, and, then, and then thought, oh no, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, the, the lads just turned it off, and off we went. We went thirteen games unbeaten. Yeah, and then, then we lost. We we lost. Like I said, the squad was very small, and um, we lost about six or seven players during halfway through the season. Then we lost three games. And then we won every game after that. We never drew one game all year. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we're look, looking at your results. You had uh, 19 wins and three losses. So I don't, those three losses to come in a row is a bit uh, odd as well. So Yeah. It was just, it was basically at the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't too sure what to expect in that league. Um, and it was some really, really good sides, some really good footballing teams. Yeah. And Forestville were very strong. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, sure. It was just a strong, strong league, and it was good. It was good fun. Yeah, and that's what it, that's what it's all about, isn't it? And you're looking forward to it again this season, except one division up. Yeah, we are. We are looking forward to it. Once again, we're battling for players. It's it's obviously because obviously Yanship's developing really. Yeah, well, I think it's, I think it's the biggest developing area in WA. I think I, mean, mm. I could be totally wrong there. Yeah, but, I was um, gonna, yeah. It, sorry, mate. I was going to say. So, so, so what? It, how how wide is that catchment area? Do, do you do you know? Sort of like, are, are we going all the way down to Wanneroo and all the way up to to Jero or or not that wide? We got a few players everywhere, to be honest with you. But um, the catchment area, I'd say, is because there's like there's Alcamos on our doorstep now, and mm-hmm. Quinn's on our doorstep, and there's you know we're on their doorstep because we're late. If you know what I mean, should I say? But um, and, and like you guys were saying before, I think I listened to you guys for a little while, and then um, you were saying about how many teams there are in the north, and it's—I I think that's the biggest problem. To be honest with you, there's too many clubs. <laughs> there's too many clubs, which is like, and there's not enough players to pick from. So, um, would you be? Um, well, I was going to say, so you wouldn't um, think about the amalgamation. I mean, I know that it's never going to happen and, and, and that's that's fair enough. Yeah. But as we said with um, Dundee and Dundee United being yeah. separated by a, tra- a traffic light and uh, Wanneroo, who we just spoke to, Mike, and um, uh, Kingsway Olympic, a- yep. again, separated by a, a road. Would, would that sort of amalgamation and, and making 
fingers crossed, a super club be a, be a more of a, a viable option for the league or or the leagues in in particular? I think so. Yeah, I mean, just for an example, I think we tried to amalgamate with Alchemos last season. I mean, don't get me wrong, but we're two small clubs. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. We're, we're trying to develop in the area, sort of mm-hmm. thing. But you know, it wasn't quite for them. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's fine. And either way, it, it is what it is. And, that, and I think they're playing down at um, Quinns, you know, because they're struggling to get the ground. Well, we've got two grounds. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's difficult. We've got Splendid and we've got St. Andrews, um, which we're very, very lucky as a club. Because um, development Splendid is absolutely, if you get to Splendid, it's the, one of the best playing services you're going to play in WA. And so, how do you, sp- sorry, mate, how do you split the uh, the, the playing? So, the, the juniors play at one and the seniors play at another, or the women's play at one and all the men play, play at another? It's very funny, really, because I've come into the club and I'm fresh with ideas and all this kind of stuff. And it's, they've the, been playing at um, St. Andrews for a long time. So, yes, to move right. from there to Splendid. Yep. You know, there's a lot of, oh, this, is a, this is where we play, this is where our bar is, where we've got a little hill to stand on and watch the game. And I'm yep. like, well, yeah, but it's a better playing service. Mm. That's splendid. So to develop, to develop the club and to move forward, when other teams come in, um, they can see what we've got. And it, I, mean, I know the lights are getting the, the council or whoever they are, the Wanneroo council, I think they've, they've agreed to, to do the lights up as well. So, so it's like stand, a standard sort of thing, you know? So eventually, we're going to be we're, the first team's going to be playing at Splendid this year with the reserves, um, and a lot of junior teams play at Splendid. So we mainly, um, I think at St Andrews, it's mainly our training ground now. To be right. Well, that makes a bit of sense. I've, I've seen you know more than a few clubs where they train and play at the same venue, and the wear and tear yeah. on pitches on is, pitch. is highly. Yeah. Highly detrimental to you know decent football to be played, particularly at the at the business end of the season. Uh, so that that that's great news for Yanship. Now I, I noticed uh, that you uh, had a referees course uh, uh, just last yeah. month. How did that go? Yeah, the referees course was really really good. Um, it was a really great course. We got quite about three or four guys that qualified. Brilliant, because we we struggled as you guys said before. It's, we had one referee sent to our juniors all last season. That's terrible. Yeah, I know. And like, I know. And you ring up and you you complain, but there's nothing getting done, sort of thing. So basically, we've got to develop our own. Mm-hmm. So that's what we we spoke to Football West and we we put that forward, and um, that's what's happened. So which is great. Um, and hopefully, there'll be a few more of the refs get sent down. End of the day, Yanchep's getting closer to everybody because yeah. I know everyone thinks it's the middle of nowhere. But mm. the extension of three by is going to happen in the train line, mm. and it's just going to be closer for everyone. If you know what I mean, I even same as you guys. I thought Yanchev was in a, it was like absolutely miles away. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Yanchev was, you know, the holiday destination. You'd, you'd, you'd get the caravan and you'd head out to Yanchev for a week, you know, over the summer. But it's an awesome place to go, though, because yeah. the lagoon is second to none. We do some beach training at the lagoon, and it's 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 awesome. Mm. It's absolutely awesome. I'll go across the road for cafe and get some breakfast. Yeah, it's, and and we'll, we'll, we'll give a bit of a plug out to uh, club sponsors. You've got uh, Domino's uh, coming on board as a club sponsor. That, that That's good news. That's correct as well. That's awesome. Mm. Absolutely awesome. Every second week um, on Thursday night. So we're, we're rushed back from Splendid to St. Andrews so we can get our pizza. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> and the uh, the Mini Roos program, uh, so the under-9s and under-10s, do you want to uh, give us a, a bit of a, a, a shout-out for that one, please? 
Say again, sorry, I missed that. Your, your mini ruse program, the under 10s yeah. and under 9s? Yeah, they're doing really well. Um, there's a, there's a uh, coaching coordinator, Brian. He, he's a very, very, he was a very, very good player. He played for me last season, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's actually now, he's actually retired from the game now. So he's actually just focusing on coaching and developing within, within the club itself. And the kids have come along really, really well. Um, some very good coaches. I, I was listening to what um, Mike was saying before about the development of the football and the kids. Yep. The thing is, I find is the coaches are developed and coached to a certain level, and then it stops. Mm. Like that's when yeah. that's when people disappear because they get better coaches somewhere else. Like I mean, I got my UA to be, but it's 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 one of them. It's you know, there's a lot of dads still doing, a lot of mums still doing, yeah, it or whatever. Yep. And we're trying to focus on getting that. I've said to them, let's get everyone, all our coaches qualified, because end of the day. If we can give back to the to the community, then we're going to get a lot more people on board. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, I think I, I believe yeah, the development of players is great, and I mean I've got some young lads in the first team now. You know, I've got a really really good young lad. Who, you know, he's a lad called Bailey, and he's only like he's, he's come he's ten to sixteen. But he's come over from Scunthorpe, but he was at the academy at Scunthorpe, wow. and he, he's he's phenomenal. The, the skill on the level, the lad is like. And I'm like, I'm not going to stop him. No. What, who's, who am I to stop this little lad? All I can try and help is persevere with him and look after him. Do you know what I mean? Try and pick the games that he, he can play in and that kind of stuff. Do you know where he's not yep. really going to get that hurt? He must he's be. only a small. He's only a small fella. Yep. I know Matthew's only small as well. Yeah, we, we, yeah we mentioned that. <laughs> he must be pretty happy there. Uh, now, uh, am I correct in thinking that Scunthorpe playing similar colours to yourself with the, uh, the claret and blue? That's correct, yeah. So he must well, think he's, <laughs> he's right at home, isn't he? Except there's a beach down the corner. That's it. It's hard for me, mate. I'm a scouser. So <laughs> <laughs> I've only got red in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we would never have guessed that one, Glenn. There you go. There you now, go. while we've got you talking about uh, about the scousers and with red in your eyes, uh, the toffees, down, dusted, mm. finished. Come on, mate. Uh, Sink the slipper. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's, <laughs> it's, it's an easy six points for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that's good work. <laughs> you know. Okay, yeah, I, you know, you, you lead lead me into that sort of uh, into those waters. I'm going to dive in head first. Uh, now, your women's program. We've got um, uh, Louise is the president of, uh, of of the women's side of things. Yeah, H- how's that going? Right. Yeah, Louise has got Louise is, is is top draw. She's really really good at what she does, um, and we're trying to develop the ladies team at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually running the ladies team myself as well. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, and it, we got <laughs> not very many players, and we're advertising, we're advertising, we're advertising. They just, I think, at this moment in time, because of what's going on in the world, everything's a little bit slower coming forward. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know. Just down the road, there's loads of they've got a full team, it, and we're just trying to. It's once again, if we out, if we came across with Alchemist with the ladies, then we'd have a full ladies team. But at this moment in time, we just keep persevering with what we've got, and I keep training the, the ladies because they absolutely love it, and they work just they work harder than the first team. To be honest with you, yeah. um, it's it, it's really good. We're just trying to get more ladies on board. So if any ladies out there is looking for a good time as in <laughs> playing football. Then come on board, please. 
Yep. Glenn, don't stop there, mate. Give us the uh, the full details. So if there's any ladies out there uh, up around that uh, that particular catchment area, how do they get in touch with uh, with you guys at Yanship? Well, we train, the ladies train down at St. Andrews in right. Yanship, and we start at seven, um, 6 o'clock, sorry, mm-hmm. and we go to 7 o'clock. Um, Only an we, hour? You know, well, that's, that's just uh, yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. So it's it's hard because it, it, it's getting, it's, I'd like it for a little bit longer. Yeah. But uh, the fact is that um, there's no there's not enough space at St. Andrews at the moment. Because we've only just got Splendor back from the cricket. Oh, of course, so yes. We may go across to Splendor now with the ladies as well. So that that we may extend, we may extend the ladies' training time a little bit longer. But yeah. at this moment in time, I'm really just I'm going through like a lot of academy stuff for the ladies, technical stuff. Right. Um. So we've gone through stages where we did some bit of fitness to start off with, like everybody else does, and then we're just working on like technical stuff now and junior technical stuff. So just trying to bring it on, um, the skills. And the confidence of what they're doing, everything we do, everything we do down there is with a ball. So there's none of this running around the park and sit-ups <laughs> and push-ups and all this kind of stuff that scares the life out of people. Yeah, no, um, I remember those pre-season trainings. You wouldn't see a ball for uh, three weeks. It's like, <laughs> keep running. No, no, give me a ball. I'm here uh, to play soccer. Yeah, guess what? No, no, <laughs> do another lap, son. No, no, come on, mate. Yeah, um, I'm Sorrento and I Colin Irvin as my coach and those embankments on Percy Doyle at the top pitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, so Yanship looks like they're they're, they're inclusive all the way. Uh, you've got a junior technical director. Do you want to tell us about your junior uh, uh, programs, please? Yeah, um, same thing. It's same. It's Brian. Like I said a minute ago, it's, he's he's basically just trying to. Uh, he's more so helping the coaches. You don't want anyone to stand on their feet if you know you want them to develop. Yeah. Coaching. Yeah. And basically, obviously, that will help with the kids. And the more people we can get to help in regards to the coaching, the better. So we've got quite a few young lads. We've got some like reserve team players and also some first team players coaching the youngsters. So Brian, what will Brian will do? He'll persevere with those guys and just get them on courses and then anything he could see. Even Brian plays at a very high level in Scotland. Um, Go on, get, so, who do you play for? We, we just had a Dundee, Dundee United uh, I can't question. Actually, remember to be blaming. <laughs> I'm, I would be lying if I if I said anything. But I know it was one league below the proper league. I think he was offered a contract wow. at the time um, with one of the top clubs, and he, he be, at the time I think he turned it down. I don't know why. I don't get into that sort of conversation with him, sort of thing. Okay. Um, but in regards to his coaching, this he's second to not. Um, but he's he's basically on board. Um, I was the junior coordinator last year as well, as well as the head coach and the and the reserve team coach. But I got a little bit too much, um, so I've got now Jason on board, who's in the reserves, and then obviously um, Brian's now doing a, a coordinating down for the juniors. So it's spread out evenly, and it helps sort of thing. Um, and like I said, the development of the kids is, is second to none. We've got some really really good coaches. We're just trying to. Make sure these really good coaches who are good players are now qualified. Yeah. Because I'm a big I was I was in the UK and we a young lad broke his leg and um the coach wasn't qualified. Oh no. Maybe a little bit different over there. And it's you could be in big trouble if you know what I mean. So yeah. I just wanna make sure that everything's right at the club and that's what we're doing. And that's what we're persevering with. And I'd say at this moment in time in Splendor we've probably got one of the best facilities. 
um, I'm very lucky, and and some some very very good coaches. So we're, we are very fortunate what we got, and a very good president president as well. Mm. So all, all in all, all good. And Liverpool's going to win the league this year. So it's even better. <laughs> well, you know, what? I heard that on the way in. So yeah, you, you still think that that's the case? I mean, I, I know. I, I said that. I know a City fan who who claims that that, that league was locked up at Christmas time. I'm saying, <laughs> saying you know, are you sure there, mate? You really? Uh, I think it stopped us. That was still in three cups, isn't it? I think. But um, I don't know. Very confident in what they're doing. I mean, obviously, between Pep and Klopp, the best two managers in the world, aren't they? So um, Klopp does it with no money, and Pep does it with lots of money, and there is an argument for you. So it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's right. Uh, so, how do you think about uh, now? Well, I've got to get this right. It was Egypt versus so it was Mane against Salah. Egypt yeah. against I've forgotten who. who Senegal. Oh, Senegal. Oh, in the World Cup. Yeah, World Cup qualifiers. The lasers. Yeah, yeah. That, that was good news. So, <laughs> what's your view on uh, on lasers at penalty takes? If you, get, you should miss a penalty, should you really? No. It was a bit like the cup final, Chelsea, Liverpool, and it came down to put the keeper in the end. Yeah. They substituted them to bring them on to win the penalties, and then he misses the penalty, which is really funny. I think it's funny anyway. Yeah. But, but, um, yeah, I mean, that those two players, Salah and Mane, I mean, they've been second to none. They've been absolutely phenomenal players, and we're very lucky to have them at Liverpool, but I don't think, I don't think Salah's going to stay. Well, what do you think he's up to then? I have no idea. Barcelona probably or something like that. Well, or Paris, they can afford his wage maybe. Yeah, yeah. no, because that's what we, we've had this discussion previous times, that uh, Barcelona are um, uh, well, all but bankrupt uh, yeah. in, in name, so that, yeah. that's why Messi had to uh, had to leave. He said, I want to play for free, but the, the regulations in La Liga said, no, you've got to pay him, and they couldn't pay him, so... Yeah, yeah. Okay, Real Madrid maybe. Oh. You'd like to see him in the yeah. in the white Real Madrid. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> the thing is, though, if he holds Liverpool to ransom for four hundred thousand or whatever he wants, then it's 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 not going to work because all the other players are going to want the same thing. Yeah. Mm. So. Well, that was um, when Rooney was playing at United. He had it in his clause that he would be the highest paid player at the club. So when Ronaldo came in for the first time. He went to the club and said, you see my contract? What's he on? That's what I'm on. And yeah. it was like, oh, yeah. crap, we hadn't remembered that one. <laughs> <laughs> so every time, uh, you know, when Van Nistelrooy came in, every time there was a new superstar came in, the boy Rooney went, yeah, yeah, I want, I want the same as that. Yeah. And, and he got it because it was part of his contract. So, yeah, there are times where um, players who may not be worth the cash have held clubs to ransom. Yeah. Uh, and I've never been a fan of that either. I just think it's been better players that have left Liverpool. Well, not better players, but equal players that have left Liverpool. And you still, the club like City, they lose players, Manuel lose players. But the big clubs, are, all clubs are still move on. You know, it's just the way it is. Yeah. I think, I think you know, it's the Premier League itself at the moment is getting a little bit out of control. And now with the five subs um, next season, it's, it's going to, the better clubs are going to be in front of everyone else once again, aren't they? Has that been uh, confirmed? Because I it has, it has okay. Because I thought they were holding out, going no, no, we we want it to be three. And being that they're the Premier League, they had that uh, that right to say it's our league, we can do what we like. Yeah. And I, I yeah, thought it was just a bit. Sport last night. Oh, okay. 
Wow, yeah. breaking news here on the World Football Program. <laughs> Thank you very much, Glenn. That's that's great. You got some more for us? Uh, is that the same no, as, as here in the A-League where it's even though it's five subs, there's only, I think it's three sub breaks, so you can't sort of go... Yeah, correct, yeah. yeah you that's can't correct. sort of burn time by doing five yeah. subs, one per minute in the last, you know, five minutes or so. Yeah, that's right. You've got three intervals that you yeah. can put your, your subs on sort of thing. Which is a decent yeah. compromise. Certainly in the it's A-League, quite- I'm a fan of it. It's the same rules in, in our league, uh, football down the amateur league. It's it, you can only you got three intervals that you can put your subs on. Yeah, okay. um, it's exactly the same. And I don't think most of the refs know that rule, to be honest with you, because there's some play, someone stick five subs in one glove. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. You know, but it is what it is. Yeah, no, you're right there. Yeah, that that yeah. It's oh, I've I've said this. My uh, my background is those out there listening know is uh, refereeing. Awesome beauty, one of the two. Uh, but yeah, you, if you don't know the laws of the game, how how you're meant to play it at a at the next level, and then the next level, and then the next level, mm. it, it's just it's just ludicrous. The amount of people go, I didn't know that ref. It's like, well, that's bad luck. There's your red card. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. so, Glenn, what, what's the um with you, getting back to Yanchip FC? What is there a long term plan? Do you guys like looked? Uh, are you aiming to get up into the the yeah. state league, something like that, or is it just a case of see how you go? Obviously, you're now up into the third division. Is there like yeah, a we want you know? Yeah, sorry, sorry for no. Yeah, we do want to go. We do want to go Saturday football. That's the, the final. That's the final goal at the end of the you know the end of the tunnel sort of thing. Yeah. Um, we do want to get there. The club wants to get there. It's just putting everything in place, isn't it? So mm. we've got, now we've got the facilities. You know, it's all fenced off, and it's it, it, the pitch is great, and it's you know we've got now we've got the facilities. It, it's just getting the team into the league, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yep. And and you know that's. That's a difficult. It's that's going to be difficult because end of the day, um, you know, like once again, like I said, there's, there's so many clubs in the area. You know, it's and keeping your players as well. It's yeah, people mm. poaching all the time. Yep, recruitment recruitment's half the battle. Retention yeah, is the main battle. Yeah, exactly right. Glenn, just give us another shout out on uh, the contact details of Yanship United because we're running short of time. Our next guest is uh, is lined up, uh, but we don't want to shortchange you. We thank you very much for your time, but give us that shout out again. So we yeah Yanship down. We train at St Andrews down um, Tuesday nights and Thursday nights between. Well, we start at six, Mm -hmm. and then the first team comes on at seven. We do reserves. We go to half eight, nine o'clock, depending on how well the training session goes. (laughs) And also the juniors also train down at Splendid, and at the same time we started six down there, mm-hmm. and um, where obviously our email address and our phone numbers on the internet. I mean, I could hand out my personal number if anyone. <laughs> no, 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 we, we, we don't do that. Do that. We <laughs> 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 Those that want your personal address need to know you personally. I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- there you go, uh, and you can also find uh, Yanship United on fa- Facebook as well. Uh, they've got a. And you'll even yeah. find them on our Facebook page. There just, you go, Pete. Just right now. There you, go. Yeah, there you there go. There you go. We, we love helping uh, every club in our wonderful community here in Perth. Glenn, thank you very thank much, you. as I said, for your time today and your input into our show. We look forward to talking with you again very, very soon. And if it yeah. continues to be a 4 2. Um, no draws. There's always a result at Yanship. We'll be back in touch with you very, very shortly. <laughs> yeah, come, come, come down for a beer and watch us. Yeah, yeah. And More than welcome. Brilliant. Brilliant. We uh, will probably do that, and, and we encourage all our listeners to do the same. If you if you get the opportunity, get yourself up to uh, up to Yanship. Uh, the beer and the uh, and the pizza, well worth the trip. Thank you so much for your time.
really appreciate it. No, no, it's our pleasure. Thank you very much, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Catch Have a good day. On you. Bye-bye. Glenn Shaw there, the head coach from Yanship United, a club going places. Um, yeah, at least until, like, Lancelin puts a club in or something, they're the second most northerly team. But Oh, we could have asked him about that as well. Uh, well, well, I think Lancelin, I think they'd, they'd call that definitely their catchment. Serpentine, I don't, I don't know maybe. How many, serpentine. The Lancelin Serpentine derby, maybe. <laughs> wow, that'd be good. Stop off at the Pinnacles, get yourself the fish and chips, get down to the ground. Yep. And well, then, we could get uh, Albany in the league as well. Yeah. Can you imagine Yanship getting into uh, the Saturday league? Talk about a distance derby. Yeah, yeah, Yanship down there. Absolutely would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get uh, Lafayette in and get uh, Bunbury to go all the way up there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, that's, one, that's one that Sean keeps, um, keeps harping on about with, with good reason, that we should get these um, – these, Population cities, particularly fast-growing populations, yeah. to to becoming that way, and it looks like Yanchip are well along that tr- uh, that journey with uh, facilities already in place, major sponsorship deals, a UEFA-rated head coach, yep. juniors, women, and it's, and as Glenn said, it's it's basically part of Perth now. We've got the freeway yeah. going up there. It's um, as mentioned, I'm old enough to remember when it was a country town that you'd go away on holidays yep. to, not just a you know, northern edge of the metro area. That's right. No, I did say that I had uh, that refereeing weekend where I was refereeing d- down at Rockingham on the Saturday and had to go to Yanship for a <laughs> nine o'clock game on the on the Sunday. And at, at least it was a different day. It wasn't like you had an 11 a.m. in Rockingham and then a 3 p.m. in... Yeah, no, I felt like the same day by the time I got back from Rockingham to, to home and then sort of, what do you mean? Get up early, get yourself up to Yanship. But no, it's, yeah, with that freeway and the infrastructure heading up that way, it's a place and a club going far we have our uh, next guest lined up it's uh, tommy dolman he'll be on after the, our short um, sponsorship announcements stick with us you're with pete and hugh on radio Fremantle's the world football program more to come 107.9 fm your local station Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. They say you can't choose your family, but you can choose your football family. A family has legends you look up to. And the up-and-comers. A family pitches in and works together as a team. We have the ones who keep us in check, and we motivate each other to be the best. Be the best! But it's my brothers and my sisters who always have my back. That's why even my real family love my football family. So what are you waiting for? Join our team. Come on! Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Brilliant. 
Okay, and um, while we're just before we start, we'll run through the NPL results from last weekend. A couple of games postponed, but the results were Floriot Athena 5-0 over Balcata Etna. Huey, put your hands down. Uh, <laughs> Bayswater City against Perth Red Star. Perth Red Star won that one 3-2. Uh, Perth Glory had a 2-1 win over Inglewood United. It's not often I get to say Perth Glory had a win lately. Oh, uh, come on, Pete. Sorrento 5-1 over Armadale, Sterling Macedonia 1-0 over Perth SC, and Coburn City versus Grollup Croatia was postponed. I think there's a bit of COVID in the in the Coburn squad because yep. all their games have been postponed. And last night we had uh, Florida Athena 3-1 over Perth Glory. Good on you, Pete. Thank you very much for that. That was a panic. I did have a, <laughs> a longer sponsorship announcement before Glenn, and I went, oh, I've had him on hold for a while. That's not good. So I went a bit shorter this time, and that didn't work either. On the line now we have Tommy Dolman. Tom, how are you to this morning? Morning, fellas. How are we? Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't happen to have a, uh, a Valium or three that you can give me at the moment because I am panicking. Gee whiz. That, that, sorry about that, Tom. That, um, yeah, that was my fault. Tom, season's kicked off. Go for it. Tell us all about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's plenty going on. It's been a busy start to the campaign. Um, obviously, um, on the women's side of things, we had the the pre-season final last weekend. We had Northern Redbacks winning 4-2 after extra time mm-hmm. over Balcata in their final game. Um, as a team, really, after 31 years of history and, uh, and many titles and internationals and yeah. um, Glory W League and A-League women's players coming through the door. So it was a little bit of an emotional yeah. day there. But from the, from the fairy tale perspective, I suppose it was sort of written in the stars that the Redbacks were going to get up and... Uh, their club record appearance holder, Carla Bennett, uh, won the Tracy Wheeler medal for best on ground and scored the ceiling fourth goal. So that was a, a bit of a highlight from the first couple of weeks of the season, I'd say. And obviously we got started in the women's competition last night with a goalless draw between uh, Murdoch University, Melville and Subiaco, two very different teams from last season. Um, it's fair to say, new coaches, a lot of new players, very young squads. And I think both are going to take a little bit of time to adjust and and improve, but um, whilst I think Subiaco in last night's game probably created the better chances, it was uh, it was um, it was probably a good thing for both teams just to get a point and uh, and get off the mark given the circumstances. So yeah, that that was that's that's essentially where we're at with the women's side of things. Um, three games to complete the round today. We've got Perth Red Star at home against Hyundai NTC and Perth Sog Club versus Balcada. They're both at 5pm, and then on Sunday we've got Fremantle City and Curtin. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, before we go too far, Tom, uh, what we haven't had you on uh, uh, this season um, before. What's your thought processes or, or feelings about the um, the Red Star Joondalup um, amalgamation? Yeah, I think it's a positive one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've seen it be quite successful on a couple of other occasions. Um the most recent of those possibly is the, the Murdoch University, um, obviously, mer- merger with Melville. And right. um, and they've obviously had success in the women's competition and and, uh, and, and obviously won the night series for the State League, uh, State League men's as well um, a few weeks ago. So um, there's some positive steps there in that respect. And um, we've also seen it happen in, in other places as well. Kingsley Westside, obviously Westside with their junior organisation. Kingsley are a very well-run club. 
obviously building new facility um, at the moment, and, and Karamai Shamrock Rovers as well, just to name a, a few of the most recent ones anyway. And obviously, um, we've had some fairly historical ones over the journey, which were quite some years ago now, obviously, with the with the Italias and, um, and the mergers and, and all that sort of thing. So... Um, yeah, I think it's a positive move. I think the, I think the stronger the clubs that you can build, the better chance um, there is for for both teams going forward. And, and, and as we as we all know, ECU drew up in the Northern Redbacks in terms of their developmental path to as good as it comes really in the state um, in terms of the men at ECU and and the women at Redbacks. So you put that all together, um, you've got Kenny Lowe as the technical director and the coach of the men's team mm-hmm. and. Um, Carlos Vega Mena continuing on with the women's having done a, a good job last season where they just fell short in the title race so and obviously won the night series so yeah I think it's a positive move and and it's good to see clubs becoming stronger brilliant brilliant yeah no that, that yep yeah, I can't uh, can't argue with any of those uh, those thoughts it's that's some Really good observation there. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, I know there's a, a, a few out there that have gone, ah, you know, but there's always naysayers in anything you do. You know, there's some people out there that tell me that Father Christmas isn't real. You know, <laughs> I don't listen to that sort of rubbish. Next time we tell them the Easter, Easter Bunny doesn't exist. I mean, come on, who's, who's leaving those Easter eggs? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and I think it's going to be one of those things where in two or three years' time we'll completely forget that this conversation was even a factor and, uh, and Perth Red Star will probably have gone from strength to strength in that time too. Brilliant. Tom, um, you've been out to a few games. What, what's taken your, your eye so far in just this short uh, start of the season? Do you, do you see any outstanding candidates for the league or do you feel it to be fairly even in, in the men's competition. Oh, sorry, in, in the men's competition. Men's, sorry, That's yeah. my fault. Yes, in the in the men's competition. Yeah, yeah um, I suppose the most eye-catching um, result in the men's competition that I've seen so far was probably the night series final. Um, Floriot's 4-0 win over Perth Soccer Club, albeit a very new-look Perth Soccer yep. Club, given mm-hmm. the change of direction they've undergone in the off-season. Yeah. But um, Floriot, as we know, just such a strong, consistent team over the years. They're, they're very much cup specialists and... Um, let's not forget they were 12 games unbeaten at the start of the year last right. term before um, losing a few players, losing a few games. Um, and, and that sort of gave Perth the wriggle room to catch them in a, in a pretty tooth and nail title battle. So um, for them to add a couple of good new off-season recruits, uh, Riley Woodcock's a good pickup, I think, um, from East to Joondalup. And I think, I think probably the best recruit of the season in my opinion for now at least is Robert Petkov. He's, um, he's a player who's returning to Florida, and he just gives them that structure in the final third. And, and we've seen the likes of Ludo Boy, Sean McManus, yes. mm. Nick Ambrosio. They're just such energised players with a load of energy who just like to run and drift in those attacking areas. And, and Petkov really is the fulcrum of that attack, and he does give them a lot of structure. So I, I think he's a really tidy signing. You add in there the likes of Jesse Fuller and Jason Saldaris returning from injury. And I think they've got a pretty good squad. And, and for me personally, they're probably my title favourite earlier in the season. Although, um, that said, uh, there probably is a little bit of recency bias attributed to that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that's fair enough as well. I remember uh, last season when we were almost um, anointing Florida as, as the champions because it's, they had such a great, great start to the season. And then, like you say, for a variety of reasons, um, uh, put them in a, in a little bit of a... Bit of a bind. Um, so the fixtures today, can, just so that uh, our listeners don't sort of rock up to a, a ground that um, 
doesn't have any games on. <laughs> Do you know of any particular fixtures that have been postponed due to a variety of reasons today? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, as we speak uh, now at about quarter past 11 on, on Saturday morning, yep. uh, we've got Balcatter and Sterling. Uh, Macedonia, which has been postponed, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's the first team game. I'm still, I'm not sure whether the 18s and the 20s are going ahead at these respective venues, so forgive me on that. No, no. Um, <laughs> yet the um, the and the other game that I'm aware of in the men's competition that's been postponed is Perth versus Armadale at Dorian right. Gardens. Yep. Um, the women's game is still happening um, in, in afterwards. That was meant to be the first game of a double header, so. Um, given the three-one win for Floriot last night, which was which was touched on before, yep. um, there's only three games today in the um, in the men's competition. Those are Coburn versus Bayswater, Sorrento Guelph, Red Star versus Yep, Sorrento Guelph, which I'll be at a bit later on today, and Perth Red Star versus Inglewood. Uh, they're all at three pm, and uh, Sorrento versus Guelph uh, will be on the Football West Facebook page and on MPL TV, as will the two other games on MPL TV. With your dulcet tones uh, commentating the uh, the action, yes? On the Sorrento and Gualup game, yes. Yep, brilliant, brilliant. So, yeah, th- th- there you go. Um, we um, we do enjoy the uh, the coverage that Football West put forward for all the uh, the various levels of our game. Yeah, the NPL TV is a quite a, quite a intriguing... Um, uh, development that they've got. I was sort of looking at the website the other day and, and sort of the number of replays and, and fixtures. It, it seems to be a very good uh, place to go check out all your um, state league uh, uh, video, not only not only in Western Australia, but across the country as well. You can take a look at any, any games you want um, compared to the Keep Up website, which I find almost unnavigable. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's brilliant. So... You know, I, last year, I think last year for the first time, or maybe it was the year before, I remember I actually was sitting at home for some reason on a Saturday afternoon instead of getting down to the ground. But I, I actually cast one of the games to my, you know, Chromecast and was literally sitting on the couch watching Coburn play. And um, it was just like, wow, who would have believed this, you know, 10, 5, 10 years ago that you could sit on your, sit on your couch and watch a state league match? Um, you know, back then, obviously, casting wasn't quite a thing, so you probably wouldn't have had the idea. But do you have any, uh, any idea, Tommy, of how the NPL TV uh, is going? Is it is it a success? Do we know how are they rating whether it's a success and so on? I mean, I don't have any uh, details specifically on that, Pete. But, yeah. I mean, I've, you are right with what you say, though. I, I, quite, I quite like it. I quite like it how all the NPLs are under one, one sort of banner yeah. um, in one location as well. Um, you can obviously sign up for an account. It's, it's free of charge. And, and as you say, I've not tried to personally uh, cast it to my, my TV or anything yet. I've, I've not really had the time. To <laughs> myself, but um, but um, I've been able to log on on the on the um, on the laptop on the computer and um, and even on my mobile phone as well when I've just wanted to catch up on some goals from other grounds. And, and yeah, it's, it's really it's it's pretty clean. Um, mm. it, I think it's probably going to take a little while for people to get used to um, logging onto it as as it does with any new sort of streaming service or anything like that. But if you go on the site, you can. Click on the games you like. You know, it usually then opens up a window uh, which the highlights play through, and you can sort of go through to the key points, whether it be a, a set piece or a, a red card or a goal or a, a shot on target, and you can just sort of go down and click through the highlights that way if you don't have time to watch it all. So it's a pretty 
I, I quite like it. I, I quite like the way it's laid out. Mm. Um, it certainly makes life easier for me when I'm doing the write-ups as well <laughs> um, over the course of a weekend because I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to scroll through it as much. I can sort of uh, ch- just watch all the highlights as I go through if I don't want to watch a full game or don't have the time. So, yeah, I think it's something that's going to be good going forward. Obviously, the women's games and the men's state league division one uh, fixtures are on there as well. And um, yeah. as far as I'm aware, Football West is still showing one game on Facebook per week as well. Yep. Yep. That's uh, that's good. So, uh, State League One, Tommy, do you want to uh, touch onto that one for us uh, if you can? Yeah, there was just there's just been the one round played in that so far. Obviously, Mom FC won the the night series over Kingsway, as we um, alluded to a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, really impressive performance from Tacky Nicolaitis' team, actually, and and they backed it up with a three-two win against relegated uh, Rockingham, who came down from the MPL last season. So that's that's a pretty good scalp for, for them early in the campaign. But um, unfortunately, their game, I think it is with Forestfield, has been postponed today. So there's okay. just the five games on mm. um, across the divisions there. Um, I think the, the game that, that probably interests me is, is Olympic Kingsway versus Subiaco. Obviously, Kingsway are, um, in a lot of people's eyes, favourites to probably go up this season. They've recruited really well. They've got mm-hmm. the likes of Kieran Byrne, who was last season's Division uh, Division 1 Golden Boot winner with Knight. Uh, Callum O'Connell's gone there from um, Balcata as well. Um, plenty of other players who've got MPL experience. Shane Cassidy as well, who, who was with ECU Joondalup as part of their title-winning team in 2020. So, look, they're a strong side. Um, a lot of people's favourites to go up, I think, and um, the club um, have certainly made no um, hiding of the fact that they're, they're very ambitious and, and want to earn promotion under David Tuff. But um, their, their opponent, Subiaco, obviously had that really impressive 5-1 win at Dianella last week. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like it was a really efficient showing from um, Goran Sajic's team, and um, Subiaco struggled a little bit last season. I think they started fairly well and just dropped off a little bit, and um, uh, they they banked enough points to avoid any real threat of relegation, but I think they ultimately finished tenth. So um, it'll be interesting to see after a positive result against Dinella whether Subiaco can can back up as well and mm. and give um, Kingsway a test. Yeah, no, that was yeah, as you say, one of the the more eye catching results with um, Bobby at uh, at Dianella. He Oh, I would not like to be on the training track this week <laughs> down there, down at Dianella. It, oh my goodness! The, you know, you'd need earplugs for a start. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was. Yeah, I mean, re- first round of any season, you always get some sort of results. Just look at Brentford for, for an example. If we go to the Premier League, I mean, everyone was going, "Well, Brentford this, Brentford that," and you know where they end up is is different. But that's interesting. Now, um, State League Two again. We're, we're trying to go through these leagues just so that. Um, our listeners out there don't rock up to a game that um, has been postponed. Do you know of a postponement there? We, we um, are of the opinion that the Phoenix, Southwest Phoenix, Ashfield game has been postponed. Is that correct? Oh, I'm not 100% sure on Division 2 cancellations at oh, this okay. stage. But Sorry. I'll, but I'll take... But I'll, no, it's okay. I'll take your word for it. If, if, that's, <laughs> if that's the news that you heard. Um, that could be possible. I'll try and find out and, and I'll confirm that. No, that's um, okay. I threw you yeah. under the bus, but, uh, you know, if you're going to take my word for it, I've got some land you can buy. It's uh, it's in a very fast-developing area. Most people go, Huey, you wouldn't know what you're talking about, son. Come on. But, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got that uh, up at the moment from... Um, 
from a reliable source that uh, that particular one is, and that's probably more um, more likely to be the game that would be uh, postponed, being the distance. Uh, if there was going to be any issues, the earlier um, Southwest Phoenix could get that out to um, the more well the metropolitan clubs, the, the happier everyone would be. Uh, so yeah, as far as I'm aware, listeners, the Southwest Phoenix Ashfield game has been postponed. Uh, if Sean Kelly was here, he'd be able to give us the uh, the exact That's confirmation, true, yeah. but he's not. Um, some of the so other... if you're driving down, if you're driving down <laughs> the Bunbury right now, and you've just heard that, and you say, "Ah, God ah, damn it, Sean, turn around, yeah. get yourself down to the." Uh, the, the you sort of you're already in Austral and yeah. Eton area, and you're like, "Ah, oh, jeez." <laughs> anyway, what, what can you tell us about uh, League Two? For again, we're only um, one round in. Any uh, anything that catches your eye there? Yeah, and, and as always, uh, we are, as you say, Hugh, we are early in, so uh, it would be remiss of any of us to draw uh, sweeping conclusions. I know exactly. I've certainly done that over my years <laughs> of, uh, of, of, commenta- of commentating games, and I've uh, often had egg on my face uh, by the end of the season. But look, in terms of the in terms of what we've seen in, in round one, um, yeah, the, I suppose the most eye catching results were we had three teams who scored five goals, mm, and yeah. um, and and. You, you see Curtin University, who had a, a sort of middling season in 2021. They put five past um, Southwest Phoenix, um, obviously recruited a couple of players, Simone the Shells, um, gone there. They're actually playing, um, I believe they're playing Morley Windmills this week, if my uh, memory serves me correctly. And, and Morley obviously had a 5-0 win as well against um, Alga. Um, two goals for Callum Speed in that game. So... Um, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to gauge where those two sort of teams are at, having had um, big games. As always, we don't know in terms of the opposition whether whether they the teams they played against last week were were credentialed um, sort of results or not. Um, the other interesting game, I suppose, to pick out from this weekend's action maybe Caramar Shamrock Rovers and, and Joondalup City. Um, Caramar Shamrock Rovers obviously won the title in 2020 under Jerry McEwen in that uh, convoluted um, <laughs> COVID season, convoluted yeah. COVID season that we did have. But they were um, mid-table last year; they weren't able to sort of push on. So, having put five goals um, in the back of the net in, in round one, I forget who that opponent is. My apologies, but they played Joondalup City, who also had a good win at Wanneroo last week. Um, Wanneroo were a goal up in that game, and then. Um, Joondalup City netted um, two goals uh, late on in that game to, to get the points ultimately um, in, in the... Sorry, they, they scored a goal um, in each half yeah. um, after trailing after five yeah. minutes. So, um, yeah, so that'll be an interesting one as well. So two meetings between two teams, obviously one in the opening rounds, the top four in the table all sort of going face-to-face. And look, especially in the, this COVID season as well, is something that I probably wanted to touch on as well. We've yes, already please. seen it in the MPL, WA men's competition. Um, Coburn are seventh and haven't played a game yet. There's <laughs> teams who've played one and two, and there's going to be teams who may have played three by the end of today. So it's all a little bit helter-skelter at the moment. And when we factor in Australian Cup fixtures later in the campaign and midweek catch-up games, I get the feeling that this is going to be one of those seasons where banking points early in the campaign is going to be really beneficial yeah. Um, because the workloads are going to increase as the season wears on. And, and let's not forget as well, we, I know we've, we've sort of, um, fingers crossed, we're coming through um, COVID with the restrictions um, easing at venues and so on and so forth, but we just don't know what can happen um, even in three to six months' time, uh, heaven forbid. So 
Um, yeah, so I think it's, this is one of those campaigns where banking the points early on can be really beneficial. Um, there's four teams in Division One who've got uh, in Division Two who've got a chance to go two from two, mm. and and you're looking at teams like Perth Red Star and, and Sterling Macedonia who have also won their first two games in the NPL, and um, yeah, Red Star playing Inglewood today, big chance for them to go three from three and put, even put some breathing room uh, past the other sides already. Yeah, no, you're right there. I'm... 100% can't, uh, can't argue with those thought processes. There's some mouth-watering ties there, particularly uh, in that league. And you, you're right, the, um, the Morley-Curtain game is on today, and that's a 6 p.m. kickoff mm. at Wooten Reserve. The other games uh, are listed, apart from the one down at uh, Hay Park in Bunbury, are listed to kickoff at 3 o'clock. That's, uh, that's fine. With the, uh, can you give us, please, a preview of the NPL women's because Penny, uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, Penny would give me a kick in the backside if I, <laughs> if I haven't mentioned the women's game. And I've mentioned it a couple of times, but, yeah, I cannot mention it enough for Penny's liking. Yeah, so just to, just to sort of go over those again, we've got the three, the three games um, that are happening today. We've got um, Perth Red Star versus uh, Hyundai NTC. That's the second game in a doubleheader after Perth and Inglewood. Uh, sorry, Perth Red Star and Inglewood in the men's so. Um, good chance to go and watch two games back to back in the northern suburbs if you're about. Um, obviously, Perth playing Balcatta as well at 5 p.m. in the women's, and um, there is a 3 p.m. kickoff as well between Fremantle City and Curtin University um, to complete round one. As we touched on before, goalless draw between Murdoch University Melville and, and Subiaco last night. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting competition in the women's this this season. A lot of teams have kind of changed um, in terms of the makeups of their squad and it's very hard to get a read on on, on the squads and the, and the lists and how they're shaping up, having only really seen um, four of the eight teams yeah. uh, so far in the, in the pre-season and obviously last night. So I know that Perth are looking a little bit different. They've added a few um, new players, particularly some NTC um, players who are now overage and the likes of, um, I think, Ella Lincoln, Cam Barrero, Possibly Judy Connolly's gone there as well. And, and Pete Rakic is, is back in coaching as well, having um, won the title with Mum FC in 2020 before um, taking a year out last year. Um, Fremantle City have also, uh, I believe they've added Isabella Wallhead and, and Tian mm. McKenna from the NTC. Wow. Yeah. I, think Tash, I think Tash Rigby may go back to Fremantle City. That's just something I've heard, but Ooh. I don't know if that's confirmed yet. So, oh, I was trying to get Tash um, on this yeah. morning, but uh, she's uh, on her way to Adelaide. So, oh, okay, there's, there's some gossip for us. Good <laughs> on you. Yeah, so there's, there's just a, there's a, there's, there's a lot of talk um, uh, with, with the way these squads are going to shape up over the next couple of weeks. And, um, as I mentioned last night as well, um, we, we had two new coaches and, and Murdoch University Melville have, have got a very young team and, and Subiaco. Um, Greg Farrell's only been there for about a week and a half. Uh, so, um, and, and I think he could be pleased with what he saw last night given the quick turnover. So, look, it wouldn't surprise me if, the, um, if there was a little bit more movement in the women's competition, albeit I'm not sure when the cutoff dates are with regards to registrations and Mm. And things like that. Maybe, um, maybe uh, one of your guests can sort of enlighten us uh, <laughs> later in the show if, 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 the, if the relevant person's on. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting season once again, and we could um, we could <laughs> see a different winner of the competition this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, for those that, uh, uh, like a teaser, it's going to be uh, Abid Iman, who is the uh, lead for club development. So hopefully you'll be able to give us that information. We'll certainly ask that question of him, Tom. Um, 
we have him lined up very, very shortly. Uh, we, we, anything else you'd like to uh, to inform our listeners before we let you go? Uh, the uh, no, not, the selection of the junior ruse, uh, our very own Miranda Templeman getting uh, another selection there. Yep. Brilliant to see um, Miranda. I've uh, getting get another call up. Obviously, I've done a couple of commentaries with uh, Miranda in, in various cup competitions, and she's uh, yeah, she's she's a really good talent. Um, obviously, not just uh, not just on the pitch, but as a, as a person as well. She's um, yeah, she's she's really good to sort of do the work and, and the commentary with. So um, yeah, obviously, wishing her all the best as well. And I suppose I should just touch on one last thing. The, we've got the amateur night series final tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. um, I believe that's down at Florida Cena, and it's a either a five o'clock or a six pm kickoff, and that's a East Perth FC versus Kelmscott Ruse. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that's obviously the, the sort of um, curtain raiser for the for the amateur league season as well. Okay, brilliant, Tommy. We at the show always appreciate your input and your time. You give it to us uh, as often as you can, and we certainly appreciate you for that. Time will be getting against us if I um, if I don't get into uh, into my <laughs> job and get uh, a bid on the the show. Um, um, he's fumbling because I'm doing it wrong again. Um, Tommy, many thanks. Thank you very much. Have a good day. We will uh, catch you on the live stream. And good calling to uh, this afternoon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tommy. Tommy Dolman there, the man with all the information and one of the great talent. He's a good-looking rooster. I wonder if he's still got the beard. I didn't ask him that one. <laughs> That's a strange comment to make. Well, you know, I, I, I randomly went down to uh, to see uh, last season Mum versus Redbacks at the, um, at the Murdoch Stadium. Yep. And uh, did the old random, Tom, how are you? And he's sort of the old... Who the hell are you? Uh, <laughs> Hugh Best, Radio Freeman. Oh, how are you going, Hugh? You? Yeah, he's a good-looking rooster. To, uh, to be fair, you and I have done that a number of times <laughs> because invariably <laughs> we'd always run into each other, so <laughs> I say several beers <laughs> in there. We'd introduce each other over and over and over again. Uh, uh, come on, mate. I thought we were friends. That was, uh, you know, the old what happens on tour stays on tour. No, come on. Yeah, there's been mm, yeah, there's been a few, and you go, yeah, you were, um, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I do remember it was the World Cup match between Australia and France at um, it was a pub somewhere. That was the Game Sports Bar, wasn't it? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. and then there was. Uh, now see, I remembered it. How, how many did you have? I remember where we were. <laughs> well, um, I believe that you know the team's performance is directly in, correlated to how much beer I have. That's always been my assumption. Um, <laughs> So, speaking of which, uh, Perth <laughs> Glory and Newcastle Jets played out a yeah. little draw midweek. Um, yeah. It was a disappointing match. It obviously fired up a little bit at the end. A bit of a mm. uh, the Newcastle player gave us an unabashed hip and shoulder to, to Giordano yeah. Colley. I don't know how yeah. Colley copped a booking for that. Although the Newcastle player still got sent off, and and that, that was actually probably the highlight of the match. Um, Glory had one sort of goal cleared off the line. Um, even though I'm a one-eyed Glory supporter, I will say I think that was legitimately cleared off the line. It wasn't a cross, although it was, you know, they looked at it from a few different camera angles. Uh, so Glory currently are now nine matches without a win. 
Um, Newcastle Jets, on the other hand, are undefeated in their last three and have gone three without conceding a goal, which is a record for them. So good oh, on them. Yeah, what a record. Yeah. Oh. But on the other hand, they, interestingly, Newcastle also used three players which were pre, which who had previously played for the glory in Jack Duncan, Brandon Wilson and Dane Ingham. So. Oh, don't start me. Don't start me. And like as we said to Glenn, you know, recruiting players, that's great. Recruiting, development, that's great. You've got to retain them. Yeah. Oh, well, my goodness. I, I was actually thinking about this. One thing Glory supporters do need to decide is we go. what do we want the Glory to be? Do we want to be top of the table, winning grand finals, playing in the Champions League? Now, I mean, the obvious answer to that is yes. Yes. But the other side of it is, do we want to see West Australian youth coming through? Do we want to see young lads getting promoted? And if you had to make the choice between those two things, would you rather the Glory winning titles, playing in Asian Champions League with a bunch of players that Tony Sage just got his checkbook out and they're, you know, the best of the best from around the world or around Australia versus, you know, sitting, well, not bottom of the table, but say in the lower half, but a lot of local lads coming that through. Think, Which somebody would you asked me that question. What would you much rather have? Would you much rather your... It was... Um, that's where it came from. It was... Um, I was watching a, another sport that's being played at the Wacker at this particular point in time. I won't mention it, but, you know, it, it's in the, uh, in the acronym. They <laughs> actually said, because that team hasn't won a title for many, many a year, yep. and one of the commentators said, what would you much rather have? Because that team has produced Australian player after Australian player. Would mm. you much rather have your club produce Australian internationals yep. or win championships? And I'm thinking... I'm honestly torn on that. I don't know that there is a right answer. It's obviously not a one or the mm. other. It's a bit of a grey space. Talk to a Portsmouth yeah. fan. I mean, they're still in the you know the the, the football wilderness of, of English football. You are, talk to a Portsmouth fan, they'll tell you about that FA Cup win. Yep, yep. What would you much rather do? Have a think about that one while we go to a, a, a quick sponsorship break, listeners. Me, I don't know, maybe I'm a glory hunter. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather a title. Oh, I can both. I, I also feel trophy like... Trophy cabinet. You can always look at a trophy one. cabinet. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. see Tim Cale sitting in a trophy cabinet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> well, not yet. Oh, he was... Did you see, did you see him at the World Cup draw? Oh, no. No, no sorry, I didn't watch it. Yet, so. No, no, neither did I. I saw a, a snippet. Tim Cale was coming out. I thought, oh... I, I, I did want to really quickly just Go. jump in. Um, Obviously, the glory's not going great at the moment, but yep. I feel like I, I want to put a shout-out. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald, we oh, signed him mid-season, mm. and he's obviously played for a few different A-League clubs. He's you know a bit of a journeyman mm. player, and sort of when the announcement came we'd signed him, I thought, okay, well, he's obviously picking up a paycheck, as as <laughs> all players are. Hello, but, Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, but yeah. Well, well that's harsh. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd be a bit harsh calling that a paycheck. Sorry, mate. Um, but uh, the thing with Nick Fitzgerald is he still looks he he's out there and he's giving a hundred percent, even yes, if this is. is you know just a job, so to speak. I, he's not from Perth. He's you know mm-hmm. he signed his contract and yeah. he's come over here to play. But he actually looks like he's giving uh, giving his all, even in the 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 nil all draw when he came. I was surprised he was taken off, but to me he was one of the few players, and also our right back whose name name just escapes me at the moment, the young lad. Um, those two Callum were the, Timmons No, no, not Timmons uh, Those two Gilroy Gil- Those oh, two were the two that I felt really could Sort of hold their head up high yeah. after the game yeah. they, they looked like they'd given it yeah. their all the whole time the yeah. whole. No, that's, that's a good observation there, Pete you, Again These are the comments you get from the world's greatest wingman <laughs> 
You're with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program. We're going to go to a quick sponsorship announcement and we will be back with Abid Iman, the lead club development officer at Football West. Stick with us. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Well, I've always played football. Um, This is the opportunity when you think your football career is over. All of a sudden, walking football arrives and you see an opportunity to continue on. I've played football for over 35 years. After injuring myself, I had to reluctantly hang up my boots. And when I heard about walking football, I thought this is a good chance for me to get back into it. Um, All the research tells us that that being involved in exercise is really good for your mental health. Um, Exercise in itself releases a lot of what we call happy chemicals. Now that was a lot of fun and it doesn't take up too much time. It's not as if you have to have a pre-match meal the night before and be in bed at 8 o'clock. Just turn up and play. If you like to have a laugh and talk about the past, you'll like walking football. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258-6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. I just had a bit of a uh, brain fart there, (laughs) thinking, did I press those buttons or did I not press those buttons? Let's find out if I did. On the line now, joining us is Abid Iman. Good morning, Abid. Good morning, Hugh, and good morning to all the listeners. Fantastic. I did press those right buttons after uh, talking to Tom. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Abid, can you uh, tell us about your role at Football West, please. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, good to be back on. And Yeah, my role is to be the club engagement lead at Football West, and uh, that's a a really uh, fantastic opportunity to work closely with our clubs and associations. Uh, My role is really about making sure I'm available to clubs to have those discussions about off-field areas and ways we can support. You know, we've got 250 clubs and associations right across WA, mm-hmm. um, a very vast state, and about, you know, half of those clubs are in regional WA, so uh, the beauty of technology and being able to go out and, and actually meet with those associations is important, and, um, and and it keeps growing, you know, we've got clubs who are wanting to get better facilities or looking to get funding opportunities, uh, learn from other clubs, and, and that's our job at Football West, is to uh, consult and also share ideas of um, how clubs can help help each other grow. Yes, we had a, uh, a chat earlier in the program with Glenn Shaw up at Yanship United, and he was uh, saying exactly that, that uh, the development, particularly in that area, uh, from uh, facilities and playing uh, is, is going gangbusters. That's part of your role, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you would have just seen uh, a couple of hours ago, Football Australia have announced uh, an equaliser campaign, which is really around this federal election that's coming up and looking to get uh, better facilities that are more equitable around being female friendly uh, because that's a massive gap 
uh, we've, we've noticed across the country, but also here in WA, and are looking to work with clubs who have recognised those gaps, and, and if there's any that um, are listening right now and uh, would love some support in that area, please get in touch, um, and we can work with you, because there's some work that's going on around how Football West and Football Australia can help amplify some messages to, to support those clubs. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, so that, yeah, that was a press release from uh, Football Australia, as, as you say. And, yeah, it makes interesting reading as well. So as little as 8% of the people actually believe football receives its fair share of funding from the, from the government, which I'd, I'd agree with because yeah. I would have expected government funding to be more based yeah. on participation at grassroots level. Than, you know, obviously there's the high end, you know, where it's entertainment and you've got your your players on your massive salaries, but I, I would want government funding to be more based on grassroots and people actually getting yep. out there, getting the exercise, getting the mental health sorted yeah. by playing sport, uh, rather than you know, rather than just how many people you know have an Eagles membership. No, you're exactly right there, Pete. We've often de- yeah. de- uh, rightly described it as a pyramid. If your base level isn't wide and broad and strong, there's no point keep building because the top's not going to yeah not going to be as it should. That's it. And, you know, there's been many times where clubs have actually reached out and said, we're really trying to get better facilities and this is all the stuff we've been doing, you know, great community programs and we're growing and things are happening, um, but we're just not really getting the message across. And Mm -hmm. there's been times that Football West has supported through, you know, a letter of support or just having that advocacy. So it is great that Football Australia are looking to develop this campaign and and that's what we've got to do is tell the story that, you know, we, we are the, the people's game. We've got the, the great participation and, and the, the world uh, the world game as well. And that's the, the element that makes us really special as well. So these are the things we need to keep, um, you know, keep talking about. And, and, and this Women's World Cup, which is on the horizon, yeah, that, this is a great opportunity to be talking about that and, and using that, leveraging it to get those funding commitments from those local members. That's yeah. You get no argument from us. That's, that's why we called the World Football Program. You know, there's times there when I'm uh, accosted in the street and they recognise me. And go, hey, you know, it's like no, no, it's the World Football Program. And they go, well, what about the Eagles? It's like no, no, football, football, not not football. It's football. It's uh, it's a difficult one to get uh, get across there. Um, now we with our chat with. Um, with Glenn and Mike earlier on, he was talking about, um, in particular, the Northern Corridor being well, oversubscribed, for want of a better phrase, of clubs. Would you um, would you give us some information about the Football West Club merger and amalgamation checklist if there are clubs that wish to be going down that particular path? Yeah, at the top I mentioned that you know half of our two hundred fifty or so clubs are based in the regions um, of, of WA, which is so vast. But then yep. when we look at the metro area, there's about 100 clubs or so. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we, we are a sprawling metropolis. Uh, but also, there's parts, as you mentioned, the Northern Corridor, there are definitely parts of uh, the metro where we have a lot of clubs and quite a bit of saturation. And as you would know, being involved with clubs, they're run by volunteers. Yes, they are. There's a lot of strain on facilities, as we just talked about, um, so there have been times where, you know, Football West have been approached about supporting clubs who have recognised the need to uh, amalgamate, merge, or just consolidate their resources so they could get, they can grow and be more sustainable. So um, 
there's examples of Perth Red Star that uh, many in the football community mm-hmm. would know of now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty high-profile one. But, yeah. Um, even in, in the regions, um, you know, Dunsborough Junior Soccer Club have recently merged with the Dunsborough Towns. Is that right? Yeah, so that there's, there's one club there now. And then also um, back into the Northern Corridor, some good examples of successful mergers would be you know, Karamar Shamrock Rovers and yep. uh, Kingsley Westside. Yep. So if you look at that... Um, that document that we have worked on with Football Victoria, the club uh, mergers amalgamation guide, which is on that clubhouse of our website. Yes, uh, we we did actually highlight those two clubs and got their permission just to show the football community that yeah, there are some live examples out there, and it's really benefited them down the line. Would you? Oh no, no, no I won't lead you down that path. <laughs> that, that that's that's a leading question, and that's not what we're here for. Um, Brian Pearson, one of uh, the Subidio Perth uh, star players, is uh, currently a member of the Australian walking football team that will be going to Zurich later on this year, COVID permitting. Yeah. Can, can you give us some information about walking football in the metro area and at an international level uh, briefly? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the metro area because... Thank you. It is a really exciting time for walking football. Um, football Australia got a grant from... Sport Australia, which was through this program called Better Aging, mm-hmm. and there's been a real recognition nationally that there needs to be um, just an increase in, in physical activity for those um, senior Australians, older Australians, and uh, with walking football, it's really, uh, as the name suggests, you're not allowed to run, so there has to be one foot on the ground at all times. <laughs> uh, it, it's, a, it's a guiding rule, but it's really about that social aspect, you know, the, the small-sided uh, low impact sort of uh, format of the game, which is really fun because I, <laughs> I was actually out at Waterloo City, which is um, a club that have been running it for a number of years now. Yep, that's where program. Brian plays. Yep. Yeah, and uh, joined them the other night, and it was really fun. You, you got to uh, ensure your first touch is on point, and uh, <laughs> yep. your passing is accurate, don't you? But uh, yeah, so Football West have been supported by Football Australia to really grow uh, walking football and. There's been a few sites that have been running it for a, um, for a few years, but now we've got the ability to get 20 hubs running across WA, and the hubs will be hopefully sustainable in the fact that um, now they'll have equipment to run programs ongoing and, uh, and, and the resources. So there's some branding, there's some support that we can provide about promoting um, walking football, and you know, the shout-out to the clubs who have been um, taking it on so far, like Port Kennedy and Sorrento, um, Curtin, Wanneroo, and then we can expect, I think, Subiaco, Mun FC, and Fremantle to start pretty soon as some of the bigger clubs in, in Perth. Wow. And then also um, Ashfield and Ellenbrook have been have been um, just starting off with it. So that's, it's really exciting. Yeah, now, Sean Kelly, one of our uh, hosts here and uh, much-loved member of our team, uh, he was talking about the Ashfield uh, development of walking football as well. So that that's going to be sensational. Um now, I don't know if it's your sphere, and it probably isn't. What's uh, what's happening with the State Football Centre? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, we, we do have a project team working on it uh, in a dedicated approach. Um, what the latest updates are is that uh, the, the works has, has definitely started, and it's quite exciting if you do drive past uh, along Walshpool Road um, in Cannington to see the progress that's being made. You know, the, the actual building is now starting, which is really exciting. And the target is really about that 
the Women's World Cup, so having it ready so it can be a training site for the teams uh, that, that choose to use it or that come across, and, and then hopefully we can move in afterwards. So that's really exciting and, and much needed because the game deserves it and hasn't had a home properly uh, like that for a long time, so, um, well, in history. Yeah, in so history, that's right. Yeah. 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 It'll, it'll be the home for football in WA that we deserve. Yeah, and that's, uh, I can't echo those thoughts. I echo those thoughts exactly right. It's been long overdue and, and yeah, okay, maybe we needed that uh, that major international event to get at that push, but uh, like I say, it's well overdue. Um, Perth SC uh, are one of the training hubs. Will the uh, the new uh, football centre be the other one? Is that, is that what you've uh, indicated? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, FIFA visited... Perth in May last year, and I believe they had a had a look at the plans and what was what um, is is coming to fruition, and they were very impressed. And um, obviously, being a high performance facility, but also a community, and being our um, p- pinnacle venue in WA, then uh, FIFA rightfully thought that it would be worthy of um, the team coming along and, and using it. So that it's going to be a great way to kick it off. For sure, brilliant. And we still um, having. Uh, less than ten thousand as a capacity, is that is that expandable that that we're aware of, or will that be locked in at uh, at that lower end? Uh, that's a good question. I can't answer that one. That would be our project team who have those numbers, right? Uh, you know, it's it's more of a boutique venue. Yes, uh, there will be some ability to expand as needed for those bigger matches. Right. But, um, yeah, more so. I think it's that boutique sort of thing. Okay, so you, you yeah. got that. You got that, Pete. That, that that's a good question from me. You, you, okay. you, you, yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. That, that's going to be on the website. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah. that one. There's the uh, the checks in the mail for that one. <laughs> a bit. Thank you very much. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That one. Yeah, I wrote that one down. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> now, club development. Are we seeing any um, any new club? Oh no, actually, we we're going to go further inclusion, weren't we? We we're going to talk about um, the inclusion uh, programs that you have at Football West. Can you give us a a little bit of an insight onto that one, please. Yeah, something for the football community to be aware of is, um, so Football West has developed a charitable arm called the Football Futures Foundation. And uh, this foundation rightfully will be working really dedicated on, um, yes, the inclusion space and a few other areas, but tomorrow's a really exciting day because uh, the Football for All Festival, which will be one of the key initiatives of um, the Football Futures Foundation, is being launched tomorrow, um, and there's a gala day. So it's happening at uh, Yokine Reserve, which is the home of uh, Dinella Junior Soccer Club. Yes. Yep. And um, yeah, it kicks off at 9.30 in the morning, and it's going to be a really exciting uh, launch of the United Reds Carnival um, and their season. The United Reds is for those um, 8 to 12-year-olds, uh, and it's a legacy piece from you know, Manchester United's visit. That's right. On, uh, 2019, and exciting news that they're coming back to Australia as well. Um, yeah, so that's one of the one of the elements of the event. But also a blind football showcase. There'll be uh, WA Paras training, playing a exhibition match, I believe. As wow! Well. So yeah, it's going to be a really good day for anyone who's interested. Um, come come along. And, and you said that's kicking off at nine o'clock. Yeah, nine o'clock till nine thirty to one o'clock at Yokine Reserve. Okay, and I've jumped onto the Football West website. And we've got there the, the clubs involved at uh, listed: are Bayswater, Dianella Juniors, Maccabi, Victoria Park, Mindari, Auburn Grove, 
Bell Divers and Western Knights. So, I mean, that's a fair spread uh, across the metro area of, of clubs involved in that one. That, mm. that must be um, pleasing for you to see the um, participation of not just a, an area, but the whole metro area. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, going to be really exciting. And, and for this new foundation, it, you know, it's uh, the launch of something, their first initiative. So, yeah, we'll be getting right behind it. And, and speaking of support and, you know, with community football here, I just thought it would be great to mention, um, you know, at a, at a state level, the really great support of Hyundai. Um, and Hyundai, okay. you know, at a national level, we used to have the Hyundai A-League sponsorship. But, yep. Um, that's not, not anymore, but at a state level for... For WA community football, Hyundai have really been an amazing supporter of us and uh, just recently announced the community football raffle will be coming back. Wow. Yeah, this is this is a really um, great fundraising opportunity because the tickets and the, the proceeds go straight back to the clubs. And last year we were able to uh, we were able to distribute $190,000. So there were about 17 clubs who raised more than $4,000, which is quite a lot for... You know, community football. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, and the prize there is it? Um, is it a car again? It will be the car. Yeah. The Tesla, nice BMW, Merc, what a Porsche. I, I suspect it'll be a Hyundai. Really, oh, you know? of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. I was going to give another a, a bit another chance to plug. Which Hyundai are we going to be uh, be looking to, to to win there a bit? Uh, from the top of my head, it'll be the i thirty. Oh, it's yeah. a great car. That's a great car. Yeah, it is a nice one. And uh, as, in, as in last year, we had the opportunity to, to drive it out to a few of the clubs and it, it really makes it real that, you know, this is the prize that you can mm. win and it helps mm. to promote the raffle. So any clubs who are listening and would love to have the car come along, uh, just get in touch and we'll make it happen. Get in touch with you or just Football yeah. West? Yep, and get in touch with me. So Brilliant. Just through that club support at footballwest.com.au. Yeah, that I-30, it's, it's a great car. It's got all the fruit, you know, Bluetooth technology, aircon. Power steering, electric windows, you know, put the sunnies on. You can't be any cooler than that. <laughs> yeah. And I think the second prize or one of the top three prizes is to get tickets and, uh, you know, that corporate treatment for the uh, Women's World Cup when it comes to Perth. So oh, yeah. very good prizes. I've often said this when, when I jump into raffles, um, you know, yes, the, the first prize has got all the pictures and that's what you, you obviously everyone wants to be first. But some of those um, consolation prizes... Uh, uh, well worth the, yeah. the well worth the the ticket. The ticket price is was a, a dollar. Is a dollar two dollars? Absolutely, and I think last year was really good because um, uh, some of the regional clubs were the winners of the third uh, and second prize. I think it was Abrolhos FC in um, in Geraldton and oh. Albany, one of the clubs in Albany. So always good when uh, we can distribute across the state. Yeah, um, and also Hyundai has um, announced as well. You know, they're supporting our Building Stronger Clubs uh, new workshop series. So it was at the start of March, we had Female Football Week and we had a female football panel at Florida Athena, uh, which was... That's right, yep. Yeah, which had really good numbers via the Facebook streaming and, um, and, and just having clubs get to share what they do and ideas. So over the next couple of months, we'll be running some more workshops um, and, and they'll be online getting clubs to share some ideas around digital engagement, uh, volunteer uh, engagement, safeguarding, and also um, some other key topics. So that's an exciting one that Hyundai is also driving with us. Brilliant. That's, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, 
two hours have disappeared again and we haven't gotten anywhere near uh, enough time to keep talking about our game. A bit. we thank you for your time this morning and we all thank Football West for all their support um, which they give to all levels of this great game in this state. Uh, we'd love to have you on again soon and we hope that that can occur. Uh, as I say, thank you very much for your time, Abid. Time has getting a past us. Len is here for his next show, so we need to wind up. Anything else you'd like to say before we let you go? Oh, Hugh, yeah, absolute pleasure. Um, well done on, on continuing with, uh, with this great show and uh, love listening. And also just to the football community, those who are playing or about to kick off their season, um, hope it's a great season. And to the volunteers who are working hard out there, Thank you, and look forward to working with you through um, 2022. Brilliant. That, that, there's some yeah. good closing words there, mate. Well done. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, go back to the restream, write those down, because that's a good finishing line of any show that we do. Abid, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. You too. Abid Iman, the lead club development officer at Football West. We thank him for his time. We also thank Tommy Dolman, Glenn Shaw and Mike Ford. We thank all of our sponsors, which were Pete. Oh, really? Throwing him under I've, the bus. Oh, you've thrown me under the bus here. I don't have Gaten it up on Fence and Hardware. Gaten Fence Hardware and... Futsal WA. I should just read my yeah, shirt, just, Well, yeah, turn around. What, what's on that one? <laughs> Oswest, wrought iron and fencing. They're the ones. Yeah. All right, yeah, geez, you threw cup. <laughs> you just had to get that in. While I've got my back turned so you can um, read the sponsors, do you want, want to, to take stick the that? knife out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. knife in there a bit further or something as well. Yeah, good work. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for any glo- – well, for, for the Glory fans out there, uh, tomorrow Glory's away to MacArthur. Uh, should be obviously on Paramount SC. Um, four matches – Played between the Glory and MacArthur, we've still not ever beaten them, so it would be nice to get a win. Well, it'd be nice to get a win for any number of reasons. MacArthur haven't yeah. won in their last three, so that's yeah. a bit promising for us. We haven't lost, uh, haven't won in our last nine, which is a bit less promising. But you know, let's let's go Glory and yeah. Now I did uh, I did say at the time that you know changing managers for the for the sake of changing managers is not always the way. If you've got somebody better lined up, somebody you know with with different ideas, that's fine. But as most people say, oh, we'll get the new manager bounce. That that that's that's a myth. This new manager bounce thing is players, and I'm talking Premier League. I'm talking the glory here. Yeah, players going. I want to keep my paycheck, and if this new guy doesn't like me, I'm out the door. That's where the new manager bounce well, comes from. Well, that's that's not going to happen when the new manager was already involved in the coaching setup. Yeah, um, and, and all the best to Ruben Zadkovic. We, yeah, we, we yeah, love yeah. him, and and the work he's done with the uh, Perth Glory in the NPL suggests that. Given the opportunity, and as we, we mentioned earlier, you, if you develop the younger players, you, you, you need to keep them. You can't keep farming them out to and the clubs. And that comes down to what I said before. Mm. Do, we, do we want them to be a team yep. that we've bought a championship? And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but no, no. or do we want to be a team where we've promoted youth, Yep. Uh, you know, and then well, we five at, to ten yep. years down the track, yeah. we, we can see Ferguson's, the Socceroos playing and going, hey, yeah. these yeah, Ferguson's Manchester good. United, you yeah. know, that... The majority of that uh, that world dominating side came through their youth ranks. You look at Barcelona with the Messiah Academy, yeah. and Messi didn't didn't just 
turn up as the world's greatest player. He was developed by the Barcelona coaches yeah. to become that yeah. player. Okay, he had some some obvious uh, observable talents, but you need to develop that talent. Yeah, George Best being one of those, you know. But uh, the thing with with the glory changing coaches, of course. Um, I think everyone was 100% behind Richie Garcia and oh, yeah. the work he did while they were away. You know, everyone yeah. was fully aware the glory had been sort of screwed over by state oh, government yeah. regulations and we were playing home games in Tasmania. And <laughs> it was sort of like bottom of the table and everyone went, no, nah, well, that's fine, we understand it. But once you get back to Perth and we've got a big string of home games and we play four in a row yeah. without a win yeah. and then... One of them is a 4-1 thumping to the team that's second last on the table. I'm sorry, if you're the coach, you you would know at that point you need to be blowing the dust off your resume. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's me and my West Brom hat coming on because we've had more than a few managers in the last couple of years and all of them have been worse than the last one, <laughs> including the one we've got right now. Uh, you know, Stevie Bruce, you know, again, do you win trophies or develop players? He's done neither. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and we've got him as a manager. Fantastic. Oh, that's just my rant. Sorry about that. Um, All right. Anyway, it's uh, look at that, look, look at that time. There. <laughs> look at that time. <laughs> Len is in with his bags groove. We'd like to thank you all for listening. Tune in again next week at the same bat time on the same bat channel, Radio Fremantle one hundred seven point nine FM. This is the World Football Program. Pete. Yep. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, have a good afternoon. Gee whiz, mate, I thought I'd... uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, it sounded like you were going to say something else. (laughs) Pete, no, it make me look bad. We need to work on our communication. Yeah, well, you know, I don't need any help to look bad. I can do that all by myself. (laughs) Thank you very much. Next week, uh, I think it's Penny back in the the chair, and uh, it'll be a lot more professional than it has been today. Keep it locked for... (laughs) And that was Len laughing in the background because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Keep it locked uh, to Len's Bags Groove. Stay safe, Perth. See you next time. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.